Thank you, Rick. I am grateful that uh, church is a team sport and that we have someone like Rick in our midst and Sarah to help us with all these things. Um, so thank you so much for that. Welcome to church. It's my joy to preach the word of God this morning. Before I do, um, quickly just wanted to give you guys a brief personal update. I am going to miss you guys for the next four Sundays. Uh, my heart is heavy when I say that because this is family, this is home. And the reason for that is I will be traveling away for the next three, um, three Sundays with my studies. Some of you don't know about that, but I'm studying uh, my master's in theology and mission, and we will be converging with over 20 nations together for a two-week intensive, uh, and I'm leaving next week Friday. And then after that, one more Sunday, I'll be away because uh, we will be on leave just for me to reconnect with my family. So if you don't see me here on Sunday mornings, no, that's why. I'm not bunking church. I'm not sleeping in. I'm not trying to push the, the starting time to 10 o'clock for Sunday mornings. 9.30 is a good time. And uh, I'm excited to leave to know that it's a season for me to get input, to receive, to grow in, 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 in what the Lord has for me. But also excited that there's a team back home that can lead this church. Um, as I said, it's a team sport, and we um, know that in this next few weeks, um, you guys are in for amazing times under the leadership of the rest of the team. Awesome sermons coming up, awesome moments. So continue to be here, and I uh, just wanted to share that so that you guys know where I am at over the next few days. So I'm going to take this chance just to quickly pray for him, if that's cool. So Helena, won't you come and join us? That'll be amazing. So you know that they say in the Word of God that the fivefold ministry is for the equipping of us, the saints, so that we can do the ministry. Now, what we don't know is that this oak is waking up most mornings between four and five to start his studies because he loves it and because he loves us. And I think this is an amazing opportunity. He goes for two weeks to learn what God is wanting to say for us as a family. How cool is that? So this is an investment opportunity. Alika, come We're going to pray for you. And let's just pray for them as a family, if that's cool. Um, you've got to call a teenager. You've got to say, hey, you, come. And then they come. So all the teenagers are suddenly looked down. Uncle Pete, don't look at me. Okay, cool. Let's pray for this. Stretch out your hands, if that's cool. We're going to pray for this family so that they, um, they can just go with God's grace and our great blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this, this moment in time, Father. We thank you, Father, as, as peer heads out, Lord, to go and continue to equip himself uh, with greater knowledge of you. Lord, won't you give him even a greater understanding of who you are? And that, Father God, it, will, it won't just be for him, but it'll be for this whole basin, Lord God. That, Lord Jesus, that this is just such an equipping time and an encouraging time. We pray your hand of protection over this beautiful family. We pray, Father God, that as they go through this next four weeks, Lord, won't you just wrap them up and, and completely cover them in your love and your grace. And that, Lord Jesus, as they spend time with us as a family on a holiday, Oh, Lord, won't you just pour your love on them? We thank you for who they are. We thank you, Lord, for their hunger for you, their passion for you, and that, Lord, may they run this race with perseverance, knowing that it's you who's the author, the perfecter, and the finisher of their faith. And that, Lord Jesus, this will be another chance to seek you more, to love you more, and to get to know you more. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Pete. Please take good care of my two girls. Uh, I'll leave them in good hands with you guys. And I'm going to miss you. I can promise you that. It's, a, it's a hard to leave for so long if the Lord has really burdened your heart for your people. Nonetheless, let's get into the Word this morning. We started a series last week called The War on Wisdom. And we identified that we are in a war 
and that the world and culture and society and philosophy and so many things are trying to change the church. And it, it's almost like it's trying to stretch the church out of its original design and trying to, to infiltrate and change what God's counsel and ways are. And that we have to know that we are in this war. And last week, we had an opportunity to stand up and say, God, teach us your ways so that we can be victorious in this war because we can. We need to believe that with God and because of his word, we can walk through this journey in a victorious fashion. We're going through the book of Proverbs slowly to, to get us there. And it's impossible, as I say, to get through all of the book and all of the themes but we have felt led by the Lord to address certain things over the next nine weeks still to come. And there's also a reading plan on its way. As soon as that's available on version, we will let you know. Last week I spoke about the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. And understanding the fear of the Lord, that is our departure point. And once we know that that's where we start from walking out our life in wisdom, uh, we can continue in that. And I taught us, and hopefully you heard the message loud and clear, that the fear of the Lord is a powerful, beautiful, inviting thing. It is not a scary, far-off, abstract idea, but the more we get close to His grace, and that word that we read last week in church is that the fear of the Lord is fountain of life. Life comes when we fear Yahweh, the Lord, the creator of heaven and on earth. So let's get going into week two. I want to start with a question. If I had to come to you this morning, um, let me maybe change that, not me, because you, you're going to doubt the, the question. If someone that has a whole lot of resources comes to you this morning and says, uh, here's a blank credit card, go and use it for two days, how will you use that card? Or even better yet, instead of connecting someone to it because you want to go use that card, but now you know, ah, you know what, Matt has given me the card, so he's going to see what I'm spending. Imagine you just receive out of the blue a blank credit card and says, use it. What will you spend the money on? If you look under your chairs this morning, I'm joking. <laughs> I little, heard a little gasp on this side. Someone got really excited. But what would you spend, spend it on? Whatever. What's the first thing that you will do? Let me ask it that way. When you receive a blank credit card and says, use it, no string is attached. What's the first thing you would do? If you guys got your thoughts, I see some of the guys now, Finco, going, where does blank credit cards even exist? Okay, guys, let's do some honesty. Who have you thought the first thing that you would do is to book that trip that you always wanted to go on. Anyone here? Oh, there's some people that want to travel. That's amazing. Who have you thought that you'll pay off your house? Anyone there? Ah, you are the wise ones. That's great. Who have you thought that you're going to buy a new set of wheels because the one you have is a little bit... Uh... <laughs> Any confessions? Who thought... Uh, wardrobe. Ah, the ladies are... And some guys there. That's great. <laughs> um... Who have you thought the first thing that you're going to do is to pray and ask the Lord? Can we give them a cheer this morning? Isn't it interesting how our heart is conditioned that if we've got freedom, whew, we can follow our hearts. 
Isn't that what we say? Last week we spoke about health truths. And one of those is follow your heart. What does your heart say? Do that. Again, I'm going to ask the question, where is that in the Bible? <laughs> follow your heart. Let's read Proverbs 3 verses 1 to 8 this morning as our text. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. What do we write on the tablet of our heart? Steadfast love and faithfulness. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. How do we find favor and good success? We write steadfast love and faithfulness on the tablets of our hearts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Jesus, I pray for us this morning. Every one of us in this room, anyone who might hear this message at a later time, come write on the tablets of our hearts today. Come write your steadfast love and your faithfulness towards us on our hearts so that we can respond in trusting, leaning, coming to you as we walk through this life. I pray, Lord, that your word would be preached under the anointing of your spirit and Holy Spirit that you would speak to all of us how it applies to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say, amen. amen. This morning I'm titling my message, All Your Heart and All Your Ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make his paths your pass straight. Now you might sit here this morning going, but of course, that's what I do. I'm a child of God. I've met Jesus. I've given my life to him. So I'm obviously walking this life in all my ways with God in the picture. But is that what the text is saying? Is that what God wants us to do? And I'm going to try and be really practical this morning to help us. So I'm going to ask Sam to quickly come and help me. He is going to represent God the Father today sitting there, and here is my heart. So how this works is this is the, the, the connection back to God is I fear the Lord and I start my journey with him and then I'm like, Lord, how do I need to walk? You've got my heart, it belongs to you and the Lord says, walk forward. And then I'm here, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm still connected to you, what are you saying? And I keep walking and then, Lord, what am I doing? Turn back, Lord, is it still the right way? Keep walking there's a new work opportunity coming my way. What do I do? Do I go for it? Or do I turn back and say, Lord, are we walking down this road? You see what it means? It's a constant. And then at any point of time, I can turn back and say, God is my pastel straight. And if God pulls the line and says, it's straight. So that's what it means. But here's how most of us live. We start off with the fear of the Lord. We meet Jesus. We start our journey. And then we're like, thank you. And then, hmm. I kind of like this speaker stand. I'm going to just go here. And uh, that was nice, but, ooh, this is a nice. I like this. This is a nice young man. 
I'm going to take him. Can I take him, mom? Not, but I'm taking him. And I keep walking, and I keep walking. At some point, I say, hey, I like this seat over here. I'm going to take the seat this is supposed to work. Let's see. And then I'm like, God is my pastorate, and God pulls. But something got tangled up. Because I didn't say in this journey, God, do you want me to walk past the speaker stand? And you see how tangled up we get? Do you want me to go for the speaker stand? And then I didn't ask him because I want it. My heart says, follow your heart. I like this. I'm going to go this way and I take it. And I like that young man. And I like that chair. And then all of a sudden life feels a little bit sticky and I feel stuck. And I say, God is my pastorate. And God is trying to show me that it's not because I haven't been consulting him all the way. Then he has to take us through the detangling process, which is oftentimes very very painful. That's why the Bible says, you know what, if your heart is so inclined to him that you say, Lord, left or right, and God says, go a little left, you're like, okay, I can do this. You keep going forward, you keep going forward, and you're like, God, I really like that chair. Do you want me to go for it or not? He says, you know what, rather not, I think you should go right here. We keep trusting him and walking it out with him. Then our paths are straight. And then there's some of the world. Thanks, Sam. Let's give him a hand for helping me. <laughs> then there's those who don't know the Lord at all, and they just walk their journey. They just take what they want. They go where they want. This is my life. I'll choose how I want to live it. My truth is the ultimate truth, and I like this table, and after I've had the table, I might want to go a little bit further, and I really like this baby pram. <laughs> and then everything is tangled up. And I'll show you in a moment what we do if that is us, where there's nothing of the Father leading us forward. So when we say all your heart and all your ways, it means that you constantly work and walk out of the position of coming to the fear of the Lord and saying, show me the way. And that you often stop and pause and look back and say, is my path still straight? And some of you might have felt disappointment in your life because you say, God, please straighten out my path. But you're not listening and leaning into his voice and obeying his way going forward. It says in Jeremiah 17, verse 7 to 10, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. That thread of trust is there at all times, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots to the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So much beautiful imagery in there. It says, the one who trusts in the Lord, who walks around and says, Lord, is the path straight? Like, yes. We're still on a straight line. Keep walking. You're doing well. I'm consulting the Lord throughout the service. I'm consulting the Bible. I'm leaning in there. That one is the one who's planted with roots that go looking for the water. That's powerful. Are you planted like that? Or are you just planted? This is Pierre, and I'm my own self. And one of the greatest battles and wars we are in today is the war of individualism. I choose my way. There's no higher authority, no greater authority. No one tells me there's no more submission coming under the mission of God with a submissive, humble heart. It's just my truth, 
my truth. Again, a mantra of the world today, which is anti-God. Because in the way of the Lord, all of our truths needs to be submitted under Him. And the only true truth we can carry is His truth. But like a tree who seeks our truth by the streams. And because you do that, it says that your leaves will be forever green. And when the fire and the heat comes, you will not be afraid. It says you will not fear because you have been planted in the Lord. So then let's just take a step this way. If the heat and the fire comes to your life and you are fearing, is it right then to ask the question, have I been properly planted? According to scripture it is. If the heat and the difficult times come and I am freaking out, is it maybe because I'm so tangled up that I'm not feeling that constant connection with the Lord? And then I need to go and say, Jesus, please come and detangle me. Because I want to be in that place where my path is straight. But then the prophet Jeremiah continues out of this promise saying this is what it looks like when you trust the Lord. And he says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, Yahweh, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So back to that half truth. If we say, follow your heart, and Scripture says, but the heart is sick, how is that going to turn out for us, guys? I like that. Woo, that was nice. Follow your heart. Just do what your heart says. Hearts that are connected to Him. Don't follow the hearts themselves even. It follows the Spirit. He says, because the Spirit of truth will come. And he will show you all truth and how to walk. And not only that, we follow the word. In all of these things that we do, we've got to go back to Scripture and say, is this the way of the Lord? Is this how he wants us to live? But out there, we just say, follow your hearts. And if I read that Scripture, that puts the fear of the Lord in me to say, whoa, Jesus, I can go on so many paths of tangling myself up because there's a lot of things that my heart wants. And if I get a blank credit card today, it's going to be great. Only to find ourselves that God can't straighten out the path that we are walking in. Back to our scripture this morning. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just a section of it. Not just a little part of it. So I want to say to you this morning, don't pie chart your heart. You know what a pie chart is? It's that little thing, little round thing like, okay, so 20% of life is... Uh, family, and then 40% is work, and 10% is sleep, so I've got 30% left, so I don't want to spend it. Uh, Maybe I'll give church 2%. The other day I told you guys, if you just go to church on a Sunday morning and that is it, you're only giving 1% of your awake hours to the people of God in your life. So I'll give it 1%. I've been to church, and we pie chart things, because we determine our ways, right? We determine how we want to live. We make the decisions we want to make instead of saying, God, how do you want me to spend my time? Lord, how do you want me to spend my resources? Lord, what is the way that I should walk in? And when it comes to the Lord, we pie chart our hearts by saying Him, you can have all of this, but this one thing 
or this 2% or this 20% or 30%, there is no claim on that for you. How does this practically play out? Well, we read the word and God says, be generous. And you're like, not this month. Then you're pie charting your heart. We read the word and God says, forgive those who offended you. In fact, if there's an enemy, turn the other cheek. And you're like, nah, not that part. We edit the scriptures and we choose what we want. And then we wonder why our lives get tangled up and why we're not feeling that connection with the Lord. We pie chart our hearts when we say, Jesus, I'll give you this bit of my life, but don't touch me on this side. I'll repent about this, but on this side, I'm going to be defiantly proud because you know what? He or she first has to come to me. Doesn't the scripture say that you ought to forgive with the forgiveness that you received? We pie chart our hearts by saying, Lord, I am the one who determines how I spend my time. Can I be controversial? Can I? Let me, can, I am the one to determine how many times a year I need to go on holiday. Or is it God saying, you know what, Pierre? You don't have to go again. Get stuck into your community. Get stuck in with the message of the Lord. Serve. Be around your people. Instead of going on holiday, maybe there's a family that hasn't been for five years, and you get to be the one that's generous to them and say, hey, I think it's time for you to go on a holiday. You see how quickly we become the ones to say, my ways, I'm going to do what I want to do, and we get tangled up and we feel disconnected from the Lord. We even do it in our church attendance. Some Sundays, Lord, I'll go down your ways, and some I won't. I'm going to get to the good news. David is about to go the way of all men, as the Bible says, which means he's about to die. And he sets things up for the generation that is to come. And he speaks to his son Solomon, and he charges him with how to build the temple. And he says this, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father, and serve him with a whole heart. And with a willing mind, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, thank you Jesus, he will be found by you. And the war on wisdom and our whole series is based on the book of Proverbs. And who wrote most of it? Solomon. The one who was charged by not saying, you know what Solomon, you're going to get the entire kingdom. You're getting a blank credit card. <laughs> Do what you want to. Enjoy it. Enjoy the choices of food and the choices of things and the biggest house and all the things that your heart desires. No, his father charged him and says, Solomon, here's how I want you to live. Seek the Lord with your whole heart. God, my heart really wants this, but is this even from you? Seek the Lord with everything, not just in some things. In every single thing, this affects every part of our lives. So when the world comes in and puts demands on us, can we as Christians take a step back and say, well, if it's not in the contract with my work and it's putting extra demands on me and it's stealing away from the other things that I need to focus on, like my family or work or these things, we're just going to for a moment stop and ask, are we going to be counterculture and say, I'm not going to do that because that wasn't the agreement. When our children are pulled into a hundred directions 
through the school systems. And they have to do this and now this and now this and now this. Could it be that there's another place to live? So I'm not going to let the school determine how my children live and where they spend their time. Is it maybe time for parents who follow Jesus to stand up and say, you know what, it's great that there's sport on Sundays, but we go to the house of the Lord on Sundays because we go and find His ways, and that's where we live from. And it might mean that you don't get into the team that you really wanted to, but maybe in that God is teaching you a dependence on Him, and the miracle is around the corner, but because we want to do things our way, we miss out on the connection with God. Am I too strong this morning? All I'm trying to do is, church, I'm passionate to see you connected with him so much that in every single thing, you say, God, what is your way? I seek you. And here is the promise given to Solomon that echoes into our world today. If you seek him, he makes himself available to you. He is there to protect your heart, to keep you near, to keep you on straight paths. And not just all our heart, but all our ways. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. That promise, he will make your path straight, is the last line of four lines. And that's where we want to start. And some people have even left offended with the Lord because my path isn't as straight as I want it to be, but they've missed out on the first three. I'm going to trust in you with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, meaning I've got this. Obviously, that's what I should do. Can we live in a place where you need to make decisions and you do it so that in everything you say, God, what are you saying? Your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and then your paths will be straight. I had an interesting conversation with a pastor here in Summers of West this week. We got together a group of pastors encouraging one another hearing how everyone is doing, and he's currently studying a whole lot of uh, interesting things about how the human body is designed, and DNA, and genetics, and the soul, and the spirit, and uh, psychology, and he ended up speaking to me about the subconscious and the conscious. He says the subconscious is formed by that which the conscious is always working with. So an example, if you're constantly thinking about the Lord, when you come in a moment where your subconscious steps in, and that's usually when there's quick pressure, a quick moment, a quick decision, you are surrounded by something where you don't have the immediate conscious thought and your subconscious takes over, what will come out of your sub subconscious is that which you conditioned in your conscious. I had a funny moment this week. Helena and I were speaking, we we're having a little bit of an argument, and the next moment, while we're speaking, I went, and she's like, did you just pray in tongues? Are you trying to dismiss me? Yeah? Is that your holy way of saying the argument is over? <laughs> and thank goodness the argument was over because we both started laughing because I realized what I did. Because for me, and this is me, in my walk with the Lord, I have really trusted him to up my prayer. And I look at guys like Paul who says, I constantly pray. And I've been saying, Lord, whenever I have opportunity, when I'm in the car, when I wake up in the morning, when there's... There's nothing in front of me when I'm not studying, when I'm just at the house, even when I'm making a Marmite sandwich. Thank you, Jesus. Marmite's it back. Hallelujah for that. I'm making a Marmite sandwich. I just stand there and I pray in my spirit. I just do it consciously. Like now I'm going to pray in the spirit. 
But what I've seen lately <laughs> is that the subconscious has now been showing me that I've trained myself in that way. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that profound? So when we say we acknowledge him in all our paths, this is what it means. It means to constantly walk with an awareness and an acknowledgement of God in every single thing. And that's word acknowledge is the Hebrew word yada. Some of you might have heard this in a worship context. Yada is another word for praise. It's that I am aware of his greatness, his glory, his honor, his majesty, his lordship, his strength, his leading. In all your ways, yada him. Be aware of him. Train your conscience to think of God first before you think of yourself first. The word yada knows to intimately know, to learn to know, to distinguish, and to be acquainted with. We can live there, friends, where God is so central to our lives that even in our pressured moments when the, the, the fire comes and the heat is turned up, our subconscious responds and it, <laughs> Jesus, it is God, it is His ways, it is the way that He wants us to walk. Psalm 20, sorry, 73, verse 24 to 26, you hold my right hand, you guide me with your counsel, and afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may, fa may fall, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I believe the psalmist had a revelation of living constantly in that connection with the Lord. And here he pens it down. You guide me in your counsel. You hold that line and you say, Pierre, go left. No, 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 too far. Come back a little bit to the middle. Go right. And here's the beauty of it. Even when I've walked my life, you will receive me into glory. That's why scripture says that the path of the righteous is like triumphant procession. It gets more glorious and more glorious. It starts with the glory of knowing him and the fear of the Lord and saying, God, let's walk this journey and I'm going to stay connected with you. And as we go and his counsel guides us, we keep going. And then in the end, he's waiting on the other side when it's our time to step over and receives us into full glory. Isn't God amazing? And then we can say, in this life, God is my portion, not the wisdom of the world, not the ways of the world, not the things that I think I want and I want to make my portion, not the blank credit card that I can spend on just the things that I want. God is my portion. What if everything we have is suddenly taken away from us? Do we still have the ultimate treasure of life? God. And the way to live there is by constantly letting our ways be submitted to him. Because when our ways are submitted to him, the things we pick up, the things we do, the steps we take is determined by him. And he will make sure that our heart is entangled up in those things so that even if he takes away, we can still say, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How do we find counsel? How do we find this wisdom? How do we live in God's ways? Friends, here's the great news. We ask. We ask. 
Let's read what it says in James. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously without reproach. And it will be given to him. There's like a triple confirmation there. Ask God, who gives generously without holding back. He will give it. So in case you're not seeing it, three times it's confirmed that he is the God who gives wisdom. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let that not be so for us. That when we ask God's wisdom, when we open his word and say, Lord, what is your word saying? Can we get to a place that if we don't know, we get stuck in here until we know? Even though time ticks away and I've got things to do, but this is an important one. I need to make sure what the wisdom of God is on this. Call up someone in the community and say, I'm trying to discern the wisdom of God here. Because maybe someone in the community can say, you know what, this is what the scripture says. Ask for it, get stuck in, try and find it. And then when you receive it, don't doubt. Doubt is the playground of the enemy. Where he comes and he snatches the seed of the word. And it can't take root and produce fruit. Jesus said this in his proverb about the sower and the seed. The sower sows the word. We receive the word, keep on receiving the word. Who's the word? The word is Jesus. What is the word? The word is his word. How is it sowed? It's sowed in a moment like this. The word is being sowed, guys. And the spirit comes and he works over that word, but doubt comes and in a moment picks it up. Later on, it says, in James 4 verse 8, he repeats the same thing. Don't be double-minded. He says, repent from your double-mindedness. But I want you to see this. For the man who doubts is like the wave of the sea that has been driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Not just some things, anything. And practically, some of us are living there because we know the word, but then the world comes and says, ah, uh-uh, that's not what the Bible says, or how dare you stand up for truth in the world today, and the war is on, people. If we look at our children and what's being said and done in schools today, and I don't want to give it any airtime here, but you know what? The church and the Christians are the ones vacillating and doubting whether I'm going to stand and speak up. But until such a time that they're going to put us in prison, let us stand and speak up. And even if they put us in prison, let us stand and speak up because we are the ones who get the word, the wisdom from God Almighty and we're saying we're not going to be doubters. We're going to keep walking no matter what comes my way. Now we want to change it up and say, no, but there must be another wise way for us to navigate through these things without speaking up and saying this is the truth of God's ways. How do we live there? Let's go to the perfect example. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. And for a moment, his own heart might have doubted, might have been in so much sorrow, the Bible says, and turmoil, that for a moment, he wanted to do what his heart wanted. And for a moment, 
He wanted to see if there is another way other than God's way. And he prays this. And he, Jesus, knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And because Jesus has prayed that prayer, and he said, God, your way, your path, and my life and my heart is in your hands. Let your will be done. Because of that, Jesus can now step into our tangled lives. And he can start detangling up. And sometimes the tangling is so strong that he just comes with his grace and breaks it off and says, I'm going to give you a new start. That's the grace of God. Because one prayed this prayer, the many can come and say, Lord, that's where I want to live. Not my will, but your will be done. So for some of you this morning, there's a restart. Where you're going to come back to the Father and you're going to say, Lord, string me back to you again. And I'm going to walk making sure that my path and my line is connected with you. Come and break the detangling that I found myself in because of my heart leading me. Or the world leading me. The fear in my own heart by not standing up for truth because I'm scared of people. I didn't stand for what is true. Some of us might be here this morning and you've never come to that point where you say, Jesus, be the departure point in my life. Let me start here and keep walking it out. Some of you might sit here this morning and this is a little bit of tanglement. You've just been tangled up some. Because you just went this way or that way a little bit too far. You didn't consult the Lord. You didn't consult the Word. You didn't go to your community and say, hey, I think I want to do this. Can we see God's wisdom together? The Scripture remains for us that it was for Solomon. Seek Him. He's made Himself available to be found. And He is the Father of good gifts. And He sits and He waits for His children to walk into the room and say, Daddy, ah, I'm just not sure. What are you saying? And then James says, he comes and he says, wisdom, let me tell you what I think. I'm not going to hold it back. You will receive wisdom. How does wisdom come? Through the word, through the spirit. And those two are never misaligned. Sometimes we work by feelings. I feel this. Can you make sure that that what you feel is submitted under the word, is submitted in community to those that God has placed you with? Because then we walk this line and we don't get tangled up. My heart breaks for people who are tangled up because they've been feeling too much. Don't work on feelings. That's your heart leading you. Work on truth. And the spirit is only there to confirm the already existing truth of the word. They're not at odds. They work together the whole time. Let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, I pray for my friends this morning. Sure, Lord, you've given us the way. You showed us how to live there. You, you showed us in your word this morning, Lord, just how simple it is to stay connected to you. I pray specifically and first this morning for those who feel far from you. Jesus, May they just experience your nearness. 
Lord, if anyone in this room is feeling tangled up, may they turn their hearts back to you this morning and say, Lord, come, forgive me for my own ways and just let the Holy Spirit speak to you for a moment. Show you, ask him, show me if there's anything where I've walked my own path and not yours. He's faithful to show you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we won't just ask you today, but we'll ask you every day. Yahweh, am I still walking in your ways? Jesus, am I doing this for the glory of your name? Spirit, show me to walk and step with you. I'm not going to trust myself. I'm definitely not going to trust the world. I'm going to trust the Lord and his word. Teach us, Lord, to pray this daily. And then for some of us, when I pulled off this little string and said, it's time for a restart, something in your spirit said, yes, I need a restart. If that's you this morning, can you just put up your hand for a moment and you can take it down again? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you, Lord. I actually want us to pray for these people. Can the leaders get ready, the community around them? Can you stand up for a moment? Because I believe in prayer, the Lord might want to say something specific to you. So if you put up your hand, just stand up for a moment if that's okay. Thank you. All we want to do is we want to minister to you this morning. Can the leaders please go reach out to these people? Some of us in this room, if you feel compelled, go pray for them. Let's pray for people. Let's reach out. So stand up. Awesome. If you're standing, keep standing until someone is with you. Thank you, Jesus. Some people back there. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord to show you what to pray. Give them a word of encouragement, whatever the Lord puts on your hearts. Maybe a word of correction. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give it a minute or two.
Let's just give them a minute or two longer. You can continue to speak to the Lord yourself. Maybe there's some of His ways that He wants to show you this morning to walk in. So just keep praying. So Spirit, show me. Lead me. The word of the Lord says, His mercies are new every morning. Every morning, each one of us has the opportunity to say, Lord, give me a fresh start. Let me walk in straight paths. Let me keep my eyes and my heart leaning to you. He's a faithful father that will lead you there. I'm looking forward to hear the testimonies of more of us stepping out to live there and saying, yes, since I started living there daily, receiving that mercy, receiving that restart, my life looks different. So Lord, my concluding prayer this morning, may every nation held a book, may these people in this room, may we live like that. That every day we say, Jesus, give me that new mercies that I need to walk in your ways with all of my heart. May our hearts continue to be soft before you. May our hearts continue to be shaped by you. And may we be people of wisdom because the ways of God is the way that we live and that we walk in. Can we all say amen? That's amazing. Before we leave here this morning, I'm going to call Sam and Tobeka and Andy and, and uh, Melanie to just come join me up front. I've got one quick more moment. Um, family moment to, to, to do and then uh, we will be out of here.